you know, this morning's a little bit different than a typical message and, and so forth, but, you know, just open up with that video, because I wanted you, if you're visiting, new here, been here a while, I wanted you to see what we're about. I wanted you to see where we're going, and there's that phrase that drives us, and Miss Carolyn brought it up and last week, and, and she, when she was talking about the fear of the Lord, and she said when she looked into the eyes of Jesus... You see, this church wasn't established because the Savelles needed, they, they, they needed money or they needed, they needed something else to do or they needed some place to preach. That's not why this church was established. I mean, they've been ministry now going on 50 years starting this next year. Uh, you know, offices on, you know, in seven different countries around the world, um, established churches, uh, a biker ministry that reaches uh, thousands of people every, every month. And, and, and so their, their idea was, well, let's just start a church. It wasn't just a flippant decision. If you heard last week, Miss Carolyn said these were grounds for divorce, you know, <laughs> and, and so, so it, you had to listen to it if you didn't hear it, you know, you listen to it. But the whole aspect was when she said, Talking about the fear of the Lord, so when I looked into his eyes, that it was easy to do what he was asking me to do. You see, that in talking about the fear of the Lord, being captivated by him, it's like, God, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Every single one of us, you, you have a call upon your life. You have a purpose upon your life. You know what you, but you also have a, you had, there's a church God's called you to, and there's a purpose that you have within that church body. I believe everyone is called to a church body. That's how he established it. He's Jesus is the head of the church. The church wasn't man's idea. It was God's idea. And Jesus is the head of it. And every part supplies, every part has a function. And so when Miss Carolyn was saying that last week, it just resonated in my heart all week, coming back and, and, and knowing we were going to make an announcement today and just seeking the Lord about it and, and solidifying some things in our hearts and saying, you know, this is the direction we're going. This is, this is what we're doing because, because there's a purpose. The why is there's hurting people in our community. I want you to love them for me. So if you're a part of this church, this church just isn't about you. The church is about the community. He, he told the disciples in the, in the, when the Holy Spirit fell and the church was established and began, he said, go to Jerusalem until you be due with power on from high. And he said, then you'll be in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Meaning he wanted his vision to be progressive. He, he wanted something to be established in Jerusalem, but wouldn't just stay in the upper room. You see, they didn't stay in the upper room. They went outside of the upper room and, and the gospel has flooded the earth. Just like when God said, light be, when there was chaos, when, when, when the Holy Spirit fell in the, on the book of Acts, that was the same thing. Light was taking place. Light went on the inside of man. And he said, now I want you to go forth and make disciples of all nations, every tribe, every tongue. And so, so there's a purpose on reason why a church exists. And it's not just for you to come every week. It's a place where you come. It's a place where you get equipped. It's a place where you're strengthened. It's a place where you care for and care for others. It's a place where you grow roots and bear fruit. It's a place where you discover who you are, what you are, what God's called you to be, and, and release that into the earth, into the community, into the places where God's called you. You know, this church was established upon apostolic leaders in the body of Christ. They're, they know they're not pastors. Dr. Sodell, Miss Carolyn, they know they're not pastors. They'll tell you they're not pastors. 
But just as the Apostle Paul was the pastor of the church of Ephesus for five years and was the Apostle Paul, he released Timothy to take the vision and the torch of that mandate to reach the city of Ephesus. They realized even though they founded this, they saw fit. They needed, they needed gifts. Their apostles, Annette and I, are pastors. Rick and Cassie are teachers, worship leaders, evangelists, leaders, gifts of administration, and so forth, and all the different gifts that God's called to this body. And so, so realize this, this, this isn't about just a net night. It's not about the civilians, but it's about hurting people in the community. I'm going to keep coming back to that this morning because, because anything and everything we do, it has to come back to that point. There's hurting people in our community. I want you to love them for me. Everything we do, why we have, why we do thrive groups, why we have outreaches, why we do what we do, why we do Sunday morning service, Wednesday night, it's all because there's hurting people and I want you to love them for me. You know, it's interesting when Jesus saw a need, I believe it's in Mark chapter six, you don't need to turn there, but he, he said that when he saw they were sheep without a shepherd and they saw that they were a hunger, he said the first thing he did, he said he taught the word. See, he taught the word before he met their need. Because the word is always going to be the catalyst to meet the need. If you just meet a need, then you've met a, you've met a momentary, a temporary situation. But when you give them the word, then they have eventually have the ability to change their situation. There's hurting people. I want you to love them for me. You know, in, Mar- in Matthew chapter 13, I-, I might go quick this morning with some things. I don't have a whole lot of scripture but they'll put the, uh, the scriptures up on the screen. And realize when, when the Lord visited Miss Carolyn said, there's hurting people, I want you to love them for me. Realize that the word sown, the word is the seed. Yeah. Say that with me. The word, the word is a seed. seed. And that could be talking about the, the written word of God. Or it could be talking about the spoken word of God. And we're like, well, you know, well, well Miss Carolyn wasn't looking at the word and the word didn't tell her to do that. But no, but the word showed up in her life. Well, well, is that is that something we can we can we can believe for today that that God can speak to us words that direct to our future? Yeah. What about when when uh, when God showed up to, to Ananias and said, I want you to go to a place called street called straight. And there's going to be a man there named the Apostle Paul. And I want you to tell him what I've called him to do. So that's a word from God as well, even though he wasn't pulling out the Old Testament, but there was a word from God to Ananias to go affect someone's life. So realize every word is a seed and it's in its intent is to affect something, to change something. And so think about the word that Miss Carolyn received. There's hurting people and I want you to love them for me. You see, if that is if. If you're a part of this church, then that's not just a word to Miss Carolyn, but that's a word to you. That's a word to me. That's a word to every single person that you call this your home church. Then that's a word for you, and that's a word to you. That's a word for our community, and that's a word to our community. So he says this in verse 31. He says, And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown. You see, every seed starts out 
as the smallest. There, there's nothing that you can, you can be sustained from by just having a seed. But when you plant the seed. So, so see this word that was given from, to Miss Carolyn. To this community. For this church. There's hurting people in this community. I want you to love them for me. That's a word sown into her. Now it's a word sown into a net and I, sown into our leadership team, sown into this body, which is sown into this community. You see, three weeks later, Heritage of Faith started. There wasn't, there wasn't 18 months of planning, 18 months of small groups, and let's meet together and figure out how we're going to do a church. No, three weeks later, they had their first service. <laughs> three weeks from the moment she heard, Dr. Swell gets home a week later, two weeks later, the church was started. That, that's to me, it would speak of more than anything else it, uh, of the fear of the Lord is obedience. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, think about that word being sown. And here it says that seed, when it's sown, it's the least of everything. But when it is planted, when it, 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 it says, which is indeed the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, meaning, meaning it starts as a seed, but it's grown. And it says, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes, becometh a tree. Now, listen, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. So think about every seed that is spoken to you is supposed to reach people beyond you. You see, that seed wasn't just to grow a tree there, but it was to grow a tree to the point where it would have, where birds of the air could come and find rest. I like Mark chapter 4's version of this because it talks about how, how the fowls of the air come and find rest under its shade. Under its, excuse me, under its shade. So the whole point of that seed wasn't just to speak a seed, but ultimately for that seed grow up to become something where someone could come and receive of its shade. Meaning, meaning what that tree has to offer, there's something that's going to influence and empower it with. And so you can realize that seed that was spoken, you know, 18 years ago has grown up. But you know what? It's time for it to go to another level. Yeah. It's time for it to grow to another level. Why? Because that word hasn't died. That word is, 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 is still on the heart of God. There's hurting people in this community, and I want you to love them for me. I want you to love them for me. I believe this church is called to shake this community. I believe we're called to shake this community with the love of God, the goodness of God, the word of God, the message of faith, the presence of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I believe that 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 we are a lighthouse. We don't have any hills too many here in, in Crowley, but we are like a city set on a hill, right? So so think about it. that word sown. There's hurting people outside these walls. I want you to love them for me. I want you to love them for me. There's hurting people outside these walls. I want you to love them for me. You know, she talked about the last days and, and, and being expectant. Being expectant in the last days. And, and, and I don't see anywhere in the word where it talks about the last days that as we're expectant, we should be hiding in some houses somewhere. See, that, that's, not, that's not Bible kind of expectancy. Bible kind of expectancy is out on the edge of your seat, knowing any minute he's going to return. And if you realize that there's any minute he's going to return, then there's, you know what? That means there's people's lives that need to be affected. There's people's lives that need to be touched. There, there has to be a sense of urgency. Like Jesus said, said, you know, I must be about my father's business. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is still day. 
There's this sense of urgency. And so I don't see this, this while we're expecting his return, I don't see us, us should be hiding in some sort of house somewhere or hiding just within our four walls. Or staying just the way we are. Well, we're just expecting his return any minute. But yet we're just, just, just kind of staying the same. According to Ephesians 5, 27, it says that he is returning. He's returning. That he's going to present to himself a glorious church. A glory. He's going to present to himself a glory. Not a church that's hiding in the dark somewhere. But a church... He's going to present to him a glorious church, a church that's full of glory, full of goodness, full of his, full of his life. You know, while we were in um, Africa uh, last year, uh, Annette and Miss Carla Porter, and we'll be you know, going to Africa again here at the end of November. But there was this phrase that her and Miss Carla kept saying uh, throughout our time there, and it was a time of prayer, and this word came out. And it was this, having end time strategies. And, and it, they just kept, Miss Carolyn, I mean, Miss uh, Ms. Carla and, and Annette kept saying that as they were talking about different things and the things that we would minister in Africa, we're talking about having end time strategies. So I believe there's some end time strategies. Amen. I believe there's end time strategies for you as an individual. And I believe there's end time strategies for us as a church. So where, where are we as a, as a church? I've established why we exist. There's hurting people outside these walls. Love them for me. We know, you know what we're called to do. We're called to make winners in life. That's what we're about. So what strategy? And, and initially a year ago when Annette and I were seeking the Lord about, uh, about some things, we came back and we talked to our team and our team had been praying about things and, and they had presented things and, and things in our heart about where we are and, and, and what's going on and, and, and where we headed. And, and the Savelles met with us and we talked about different things. We updated some things in here. We even, you know, we're talk, talking about and, and just preparing, getting wisdom and direction on, on how do we go forward with building and how do we go forward with certain things. And, and, but I believe before we, 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 we get to the aspect of building, and I, I thought about that scripture in Nehemiah where it says, arise and build. But I believe where we are right now, and this is an end time strategy for us as a church, is this, arise and make room. Arise and make room. Go to, go to Isaiah chapter 53, 54, I'm sorry. If you were here at the beginning of the year, I'm, I ministered along these lines, Annette ministered along these lines about making room. Arise and make room. I believe where we are, before we come to an aspect of building, we need to make room. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says, Sing, O barren one, you who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travail with child. For the spiritual children, I mean the Amplified, the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles 
and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. So what's this saying? You heard me preach on this at the beginning of the year, how he goes to this barren woman and says, you know what, there's going to come a time where you're going to be more than the one that has, has children. You're going to be more than. Right now, you don't have any. Right now, you're less than, but there's going to come a time that you're going to be more than. And when you're going to more than, he says, he goes, you need to lengthen your stakes. You need to strengthen your cords. Here, the barren woman, she's barren. But yet God has the audacity to tell her, you know what? You need to lengthen your stakes. You need to strengthen your cords. You know, Isaiah 60, and we'll go there here in a little bit. But Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. I believe that is a picture of the church. And I believe it's the picture of the believer. I believe not just a picture, but it is a picture and it's a position. Arise, shine. For thy light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory is risen upon you for a purpose. You've been established to do something for a purpose. And here he's saying, I want you to lengthen your, you have a purpose. Right now you're a barren woman, but there's purpose in you. There's great things in you. But you know what? You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to make room. You're going to have to make room for what I want to do in your life. Because there's coming a time that you're going to break out on the right hand and on the left. So over a year ago, probably even longer than that, but just when we were away, away seeking the Lord for 2018, one of the things that we heard and I wrote down and told our staff when we met together and, and, and as, a, as a team and get together planning for the next year, there's one thing I said for 2018, and it was this, that we need to prepare, plan, and implement going to two services. Prepare, plan, and implement going to two services. Now, we, we did two services about 10 years ago or more, and, and, and then we stopped doing it after 18 months because there were some things that needed to be established, some, some, some things with vision, some things with direction, things with leadership, and, and, and so forth. But, but here we're at a place, if you look around, you know, we're 85, 95% full every Sunday. You know, and naturally speaking, God, naturally speaking, Annette and I... It'd be easy just to, hey, we, hey, we've got, you know, if everyone came in the course of a month, you know, not everyone comes every week at Heritage of Faith, but every, if everyone came, we'd have close to 600 people. On, if everyone showed up at the same time on a weekend. That's kids and everything. But, but if you think about this, it could be, we could be satisfied and content with where we are. Kind of, like, kind of like the Savelles before they established a church. Hey, we've had a thriving ministry. Things are going well. We're reaching the world. We're touching lives. You know, the average church in America is, only, is less than 75 people. You, you might see all these mega churches, but mega churches are only like 1%. So, so the average church is 75 people. And I can look around and be proud of our, hey, we're We're successful. And just and just keep, but but if we just keep coasting, when does then that then the word that God spoke to Miss Carolyn means nothing, because I, I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that that your life has changed, and I'm grateful that you're a part of this family. But there's more people in this community than you, and so we have to really open up our hearts and saying, okay, God, you know, and it and it's you know it can be comfortable to stay the way we are. You know, hey, 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, things are going good. We'll have our service, and, and God's going to show up. There'll be a great word, and, and so forth, and all that's great. But the thing is, burning on the inside of, of me is that word. There's hurting people in your community. I want you to love them for me. 
there's hurting people in this community. I want you to love them for me. There's hurting people in this community. I want you to love them for me. And so, so even naturally speaking, they say once the church gets between 70 and 80% full, it stops growing. Why is that? He said, because when people come in the back doors and they visit, they don't see that there's a place for them. It's hard for them to find a seat. Or, you know, if you look at movie theaters, they say that people like to sit in a full theater, but they don't like to sit in a theater that's over 70% full. Why? Because they like to have a little bit of space in between them and somebody they don't know. And people are people, whether it's church or whether, whether it's the movies. It's, and, but that's not why we're making a decision. We're making a decision on going to two services because God told us over a year ago, I want you to plan, prayer, prepare, and implement going to two services. Making room. Arise in making room. Arise in make room. Thank you, Father. Arise and make room. You know, I want you to... Not only is it, why are we doing this? One is out of obedience. But the second is the thing the Lord told us is, you have to prepare for the growth of your community. Now, Ron, I want you to put up that slide. And Tessa, thank you for my little pointer. All right, now, now look at these two maps. This is, I got off this, this off the Fort Worth website, Tarrant County website. In these, all the dark areas, this is pretty much the parameters of Fort Worth. Currently, Fort Worth is 854,000 people. We're bigger than Denver. Um, there's a couple other cities I could say that we're bigger than. In, in the next, within the next five years, Fort Worth will be over a million people. This graph here on the right side, this is actually progressive growth to 2045. And they're saying that by 2045, the population of Fort Worth will be 1.5 million people. And, and Fort Worth will continue to expand uh, uh, west and north. Okay, now, now get this. All right, right here at the bottom, this is 20 right here. Chisholm Trail runs down through here. All right, look at this area here. See, it's all dark red. We're right in the middle of the greatest growth that's going to take place in the next 40 years of Fort Worth. And we're right in the middle of it. Per, per square, per acre, there's, a larger, there's larger growth than any one pocket in the rest of Fort Worth. In the next two years, Crowley is going to increase, to over 3, 000, going to increase between 2,500 and 3,000 people in the next two years. I don't know if you know much, they're going to be building a train that's going to go from the center of Crowley down to Fort Worth. They're building some other trains that you can hop the train, get to downtown. And, and this area is exploding. Building Tarleton University right off right in their backyard. And so the thing is, is, is we have to prepare for that. Because that represents people. And if you, you know Nett and I, we are not about making a name for ourselves. We're not about, never, never, never thought I'd be a pastor, let, a, let alone saying I'm going to be a pastor of a church of this size. That Numbers mean nothing to me. I just want to obey God. And so why do we have to do this? Because there's hurting people. I want you to love them. Why are we going to go to two services? Because, because one, he's telling, he told us in the end of August of 2018, I want you to plan, prayer, prepare, and implement. Going to two services. 
You know, initially, like I said, it could be easy to just stay where we are. Go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Are you with me this morning? So all the choir minds are, are we going to two services next week? No. <laughs> now, now it, it would be easy. It would be easy to to like stay stay where we are, and, and just the thought. There's a natural part of leadership, and the natural thing is, anytime God wants you to do something and step out on something, there can be a sense of hesitation. You know, there could be like, you could, you could say, okay, well, we need, more, we need more leaders in this area. We need more volunteers in this area. We need, we need this. And, 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 and so I'm thinking, you know, a year ago, you know, six months ago, three months ago, even though I know this is what God is telling us to do and even going to my wife and, and saying, well, what about this? And she goes, well, what did God tell us? Okay. All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Appreciate that. <laughs> you know, uh, good woman. And, and, and so, so, so when we came to this process, he told us two things. One was Isaiah 54, you know, I want you to make room. And, and the second thing, they, and I had a question about things, he took me to Ezekiel, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and he says this in verse 4. He who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you know not which way is of the wind or how the spirit comes into the bones of the womb of a pregnant woman, even so you do not know the work of God. Now get this, who does all? Meaning even, even though you don't know how a, a child is actually born and how that, all that takes place, he goes, even though you don't know what God's doing and you don't know what God can do. Then he says, in the morning sow your seed, in the evening withhold not your hand, for you know not which shall prosper, whether this or that, or whether both alike will be good. True, the light is sweet and a pleasant thing. It is for the eyes to behold the sun. Oh, here, because what I was I saying, Lord, well, why don't we just wait a little longer because we can wait for this, or we can wait for that, or we can wait till we have more leaders, or we can wait till we have more space, or we can, you know, we can just wait till we build a bigger church. We can just wait, and, and but he kept saying, he goes, you can't wait till everything looks good. You know, it's time to step out on the water, so to speak, and, and be uncomfortable. It's like, this is good. You know, seats are filled. It's, it's great. It's a great atmosphere in here. Everything is going well. But then if I just make it about myself, then that could be content. But if you got to go back to that word that's saying there's hurting people in our community, I want you to love them for me. So when are we going to go to two services? We're going to go to two services on October 21st. And what two services will be 9 and 11. So October 21st, only, only six of you are excited. Praise the Lord. You see, this, this is about vision being fulfilled. And sometimes fulfilling vision can be uncomfortable. It's October 21st, 9 and 11. We're, as of right now, when we start, we're just going to do one live service, and that'll be at the 11 o'clock service, as of for internet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Make sure I'm forgetting anything. 
There's two things he spoke to Annette and I a year ago, and we communicate some of these things to our staff. It's two things. One says, I want you to declare that going to two services will be smooth, seamless, and easy. Smooth, seamless, and easy. And the next thing he told me was, get negative thinking out about two services. This is not about you or the opinions of others. This is about my will being done in this community and in the lives of the people of Heritage of Faith. You see, this, this is about, this is, it's about this community, and it's about this church. It's about the people that God wants to reach through this church, and it's about the people in this church to become and grow up and be the leader that God has called you to be. But we have to make room. We have to make room. Hallelujah. It's time to make room. I believe you have giftings in you that can help reach hurting people. You know, there, there's a picture I had, had Tessa, or go ahead and put that in the football picture. This is kind of what I saw in prayer. It's kind of, you know, just, just imagine like one of those guys trying to push that football sled by themselves. Now, there's one, there's one man uh, football sleds, but when you have a multiple sled, can you imagine trying to push that yourself? But when every single one of us is functioning in our position, then it's, it's a light thing. It's an easy thing. It, it's a light thing. And so, so as we go into two services, I want you, I want you to realize, where, you, where are you in the life of this church? Are you on the sidelines? And some of these things that the Lord wants me to deal with next week, and I want to talk about an aspect of what he calls synergy. And, and so I'll touch on that next week. But, but there's an aspect of what God wants the body of Christ to do. And it's something that, that he's called us to do. And all a part of the, because and, 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 it's not just us going to two services that's going to bring this success. We can go to two services, but yet if we don't change our thought processes, our hearts, our thinking, then we'll just have two services. But it's so much more than two services. You ask Rick and us, we, we're, we're looking at now going to three services. We're not doing that yet, but, but we have, we're, this vision is it's being prepared. God, you want to reach this city. You want to reach this city. Go to, go to Isaiah 60. Because I, I, want, I want to solidify why this is... Continue to solidify the why. I mean, the why is there's hurting people in our community. But see yourself as, lack of a better word, change agent. Isaiah 60. And a lot of times we just, we'll read this first verse, but we don't read... The rest of it. And verse 1 says, Arise and shine. Or you could say, Arise, stand up, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. See, we get excited about, Woo, his glory is on me. Whoa, wow, his, his glory is on me. I'm shining, Pastor Justin. Woo. <laughs> verse 2, For behold, now, why? So why, what's this for? For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be seen on thee. See, his glory is to come upon you because there's darkness in the earth and there's gross darkness on the people. I I think the time we're living in is pretty self-evident of that, right? Verse 3, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Meaning those that don't know God shall come to thy light. And kings, meaning those of influence, will come to the brightness of thy rising. 
just heard Kenneth, the brightness of thy rising. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin, the brightness of thy rising. So, sorry, I listened to Kenneth Hagin a lot, and he talked about the glory. <laughs> Verse 4, but it says, lift up thine eyes round about and see. The Gentiles are going to come to that light. They're going to come to that light. They're going to come to what's in you. They're going to come to what's, what's happening in this building, happening in in, in, in your life. Just lift up your eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from afar. And thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Meaning the sons are going to come from here. And the daughters are going to come from here. I believe that's you and I. That's the church coming together. I believe that's the church coming together. And then it says this. And then it says. It says. Then thou shall see and flow together. Meaning the sons and daughters that have come from afar, that are flowing together, then they'll come and they'll flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee and the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. This deals with two things. It deals with people and it deals with money. It's saying that these people are coming together and it says that, that they'll flow together. Meaning you and I are going to flow together and it said, what's going to happen? We're going to fear, our heart's going to fear, meaning all of God and be enlarged. Why? Because the abundance of the sea. Anytime you see the abundance of the sea in the Old Testament, it's always talking about people. The abundance of the sea is not water, it's not fish, it's talking about people. And it's saying, when you flow together, those things are going to come unto you. Come on. Come on. You see? Amen. See, we, just hurting people in this community, love them for me. That's right. So we have to arise and make room. Arise and be that light and make room. Now go to Philippians. And I'll close with this and have a couple more things. Philippians 2. Verse 12. Hallelujah. It says, wherefore, my beloved. Now, in my Bible right here, the, right before it starts, verse 12, it says, obligations of Christians. It says, wherefore, my beloved, beloved. Wherefore, my beloved. He's not writing to a man named Philippian, okay? He's not writing to a man named Philippian. He's writing to the church of Philippi. So he's writing to a church. I, I, we, can take, we can take the epistles as, as they are written to individuals, and you can lay hold of those promises, and, and you can do that, and you have a right to that. But always look through the context that he's writing to churches. So you could say he's writing to Herod of faith. It says, wherefore, my beloved Herod of faith, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Man, that's it. he wants to do his good pleasure through the church. Verse 14, do all things without murmuring and disputings. <clears throat> that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. 
among whom is you shine as lights in the world. This is the obligation of, 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 of meaning we need to come together and unity. No disputing is among you. Work out, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Come together, blameless hearts, coming together with one purpose, one focus. And what is that focus? That you'd shine as lights in the world. I believe this is, this is Isaiah 60. Arise and shine and that light has come. And that light has come upon you. Because it says, it says in a crooked and a perverse nation, meaning in the midst of wherever you are, shine as lights in the world. And then the next verse says, holding forth the word of life. Holding forth the word of life. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you, you we preach the word here. The word is going to get preached here. And see, what are we, we're called to be light. This church is called to be light, and we're called to hold forth the word of life. Amen. That I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. What does it mean? Holding, so two things. You, you shine as lights in the world, and you're holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. What is the day of Christ when he returns? To what Paul is hungry for, what Paul is excited about, what I want to rejoice, what's going to cause Paul to rejoice is the fact that we realize that we're, we shine as lights in the world and we hold forth the word of life. Arise, make room. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I'm about to show you a video, and I, I'm not showing this video to to puff Annette and I up, because this is not about us, okay? And I, I, I want to elaborate on this, because I want you to see something about light and people coming to that light. I want you to see something about shining as lights in the world and holding forth the word of life. Ron, play that video. Hello, Justin, I want to pray for you. Come, you and your wife stand right here. Pray with me in the Holy Ghost. Come on, my son, you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, Gigi, pray, pray with him. He suggested there's goodness in this couple. Goodness. People are going to start coming to the church because of your goodness. Because there haven't been around too many good people. I want you to know that. I'm going to cause an attraction to be placed on both of you and people will be attracted to you. And they'll say, I don't, I seem like I know you, but there's just something about you and I'll cause the sweetness of who I am to come out of your spirit and touch those. And they will say and tell others, you need to meet these good people. Remember that statement? You need to meet these good people because it's time, saith the Lord, for people to see how good my people really are. Bless them, Jesus. Touch them, Lord, and honor them today. In Jesus' name. Come on, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Like I said, I didn't... I didn't show that for... to Puffa Netanyahu. It has nothing to do with that. But I want you to see is... What we are is what you are. You're a product of who you follow. You're a product of where you're called. And if 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 that's what God spoke through Jessica Planets, and and I could 
If I could have found them, I could show you about six other prophecies from different prophets that said the same exact thing. Not in, in different meetings, different years ago that said the same thing. And it's not about a net and eye and how good we are. That's, no, but it's what God wants to do in our lives. And if he wants to do it in our lives, he wants to do it in your life because you are a part of this church. If you're called to this church, then that's going to be said about you. There's something good about you. What's different about you? It's God's goodness. It's his presence in my life. It's his love in my life. There's hurting people in this community. I want you to love them for me. And our world needs to see some goodness. Goodness. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the word given to Miss Carolyn. There's hurting people in this community. I want you to love them for me. Father, I thank you for the future of this house. I thank you for the people that are here. And I thank you for the people that are yet to come. Father, we declare in unity together as a church that as we go to two services, I thank you, Father, that it will be easy and it will be seamless. You said in your word that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We're stepping out on what you told us to do. So I thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Yes. Father, I thank you for a church family. Yes. Thank you for unity in this church family. I thank you, Father, that all of us will seek the Lord and seek direction and wisdom on how to fulfill this prophetic word that was given to Miss Carolyn for this body. There's hurting people. I want you to love them for me. I come against any strife and division. I thank you for peace over every single one of our departments. I thank you for divine wisdom and insight as we take this step of faith together as a church body. I thank you, Father, for ministering those that are hearing my voice, those watching by way of internet. I thank you, Father, that you'll reveal to them their place. You will reveal to them where they need to set their hand to. You will reveal to them where, where their supply is and that every joint supplies. I thank you, Father, that we refuse to take on the pressure of two services because your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. So we step out in faith. And as we step out in faith, I thank you that your grace is sufficient. Thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. You are faithful. You are faithful. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you excited? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you're not excited, get excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. We have a city to love. We have people to reach. Amen. Lives to change.
Amen. God is good. You know, just as, I'll just be sensitive to next week on what the Lord want me to minister next week. I believe there's some things having to do with the synergy aspect of things and because it, because it involves fulfillment in each one of us. It's not, the, the church, church is, is just, it's a family. Amen. Hallelujah.